listening to Fox Sports Radio. 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 This is Straight Out of Vegas with the voice of Vegas, your host, R.J. Bell. The pregame show America has always wanted. I doubt the future. I doubt the future. From the Vegas Strip, here's R.J. Bell. Straight out of Vegas here, Fox Sports Radio, Jonas Knox, Steve Fezzik in for R.J. Bell. You can listen to this show on the iHeartRadio app. You can find us on hundreds of Fox Sports Radio affiliates and wherever you may be right now taking us in right now on a Wednesday afternoon into the evening. We appreciate you joining us and we're going to take you all the way up until 7 p.m. Eastern time, 4 o'clock Pacific. And the man is back, folks. You have been pounding the table. Where is Steve Fezzik? Where is Steve Fezzik, or as the in-laws would say, Donde esta Fez? Here he is, folks. Steve Fezzik back in the big chair. What's up, Fez? I've been busy betting Jonas and lots of really good bets to put in during the summer. Yes, and you are. If you can, if you can tell a certain gleam in the voice of Steve Fezzik, he has identified some suckers out there. He's also going to call to task some of the fraudulent media members who think they know what gambling means uh, when it comes to the sports betting world. Uh, but we must start, Fez, uh, with Aaron Rodgers. Uh, who proceeded to on a just a nice sleepy Wednesday in July as everybody's getting ready for the football season and maybe the kids are going back to school soon and we're looking at a trade deadline in Major League Baseball and there's some NBA rumors out there and you got the Summer Olympics going on and Aaron Rodgers decided, why don't I take a pickaxe to the Packers front <laughs> office in front of a bunch of reporters and have some things go viral and it's hard to dispute what Aaron Rodgers had to say in regards to, I want to be involved in personnel decisions. You know, it broke down a timeline of conversations they had, uh, basically saying he's going to go into this year and he's going to, you know, just enjoy this year and then they'll cross that bridge when they get to it next season. But it is the most candid and I think upfront Rodgers has been during this entire process. And here was a little clip. I think we can all understand, you know, Green Bay isn't, uh, you know, a huge vacation destination. People are coming here to play with me, uh, to play with our team, and, and knowing that they can win a championship here. And the fact that I haven't been used in those discussions was one I wanted to change moving forward. And I felt like based on my years, uh, the way I can still play, that that should be a natural part of the conversation. As that progressed from that point, nothing really changed on that front. And it's hard to dispute that, Fez. I know that you are Mr. Vacation. Uh, you love nothing more than to uh, travel the country, uh, maybe go to a lake. Is it Lake Cuomo or Como in Italy? I know it's someplace out of my price range. Uh, I think I think you, you share a place with George Clooney, don't you, Fez? Uh, in Italy somewhere. Uh, but you are a man uh, who likes to vacation and likes to enjoy the finer things in life. Uh, when's the last time you vacationed in Green Bay? Yeah, I've been meaning to get there, and it uh, just uh, hasn't quite happened, Jonas. <laughs> yeah, no. Uh, look, 
that's probably going to bother some people. It's going to come off as, as pretty arrogant, but it's hard to dispute, Fez, that, that, that Rodgers does have you know a point. Um, when people go to Green Bay, they go to play with Aaron Rodgers. Uh, they, they're not there to you know take in uh, you know the, the cheese curds and some of the brewery that's around there, and, and that's not a knock on, on the city of Green Bay. My family is from Monmouth, Illinois. If you think Green Bay is small, uh, Monmouth says, uh, hold my ginger ale. Uh, there's two streets. There's a train track uh, and there's a liquor store that closes at like 4 p.m., I think. So um, there are small towns all across the country. But when it comes to Rogers talking about why he's so important in the eyes of a Green Bay when it comes to maybe luring a free agent in or bringing in star players, it tur- now turns to the conversation surrounding his importance in the eyes of Vegas. And where do we stand on that front? Yeah, so Rogers is tied for the most important player in the NFL when it comes to setting the point spread. He and Mahomes are both worth nine points by my numbers to the Las Vegas line. So, boom, Aaron Rodgers, he's supposed to play. He gets denounced out. The point spread should move nine points on against the Green Bay Packers. Same thing would be true for the Kansas City Chiefs. So if you're tied for first in terms of the most valuable guy in the NFL, you should have a lot to say about your organization. Historically, has anybody ever been above nine? Because I yes. think we just wasn't it wrong. Uh, yeah, because I think we discussed this before. There's only been a couple of guys that have even come close, right? Yeah, Peyton Manning, I think, went ahead and hit 10 just because he had st- it's when Sorgi was his backup, that uh, 10 was pretty <laughs> much the most that I've seen. And let's face it, the NFL has gotten more and more, passing has become more and more important. And because of that, in the past, an elite quarterback, even a top three quarterback, was usually only worth about seven points. But now with the passing game being so critical and scoring being higher, I have Mahomes and Rodgers worth nine. And some people say, you know, that's crazy, Fez. No one can be worth that much. And I would argue, well, we have the data that actually shows that Indeed, Rodgers is worth those nine points. You know, Fez, I'm not trying to uh, air anybody out here on the air and try and say that we were having conversations behind your back, but uh, myself and John Ramos were discussing the show, and um, and I now owe John money because I had the over of seven minutes for when you were going to take a shot at Jim Sorgi uh, for no apparent reason here on Fox Sports Radio. <laughs> I mean, why, why are you going to take – who's next, Curtis Painter? You got, you got like a world tour plan? You're going to take out backup quarterbacks around the league? What's going on with you? Well, you started out – torching Wisconsin and I thought that that would be the theme of the show and I thought I'd just continue. Listen, I want to go I've never been to Wisconsin. I want to go to a Packer game. I want to go to Green Bay. I just think that, you know, there are other free agent destinations that you know would be higher on the list for some players but I digress. So so obviously he's got a very important to Las Vegas um, up there with Patrick Mahomes, historically one of the most valuable quarterbacks when it comes to Las Vegas and in the eyes of Vegas. So, I mean, specifically, what changed? So now that he's back, now that he has spoken, now he's going to be a Green Bay Packer, did you see anything maybe sniffing around, trying to take advantage of an early line early in the season that you saw and said, oh, I'm going to pounce on that? And if you question the importance of of Rodgers to Vegas, this is their proof. Sure, look no further than NFL Week 1 lines that you could bet on all last week and this week, Green Bay at New Orleans, 
So the Saints were laying three. They were the favorite against Green Bay at the end of last week. And then some sports books got the jitters, heard there might be some news coming off, out, and took it off the board. But the Saints were favored by a field goal. Now, fast forward one week later, and Rodgers, who we kind of felt there was a good chance he was going to play anyways, now it's confirmed he's going to play. It's Green Bay that's the three-point favorite. Jonas Knox, a six-point line move when a player went from unclear whether he would play to being certain. Clearly, Rodgers is worth way more than six points given that. And also, this has nothing to do with Michael Thomas's status with the team. I, I actually think Michael Thomas's value takes a major hit just because of the loss of Drew Brees, correct? So, I mean, I don't even think Michael Thomas factors into this line move at all for, for Green Bay and New Orleans. Yeah, and I'm embarrassed to say I had Michael Thomas worth one and a half points to the line at the start of last year. And as his injury lingered week after week, his value went dwindled more and more to the point that he wasn't even on my A-list of top 10 wide receivers by the end of the year. That's right. I had uh, Falcons Chargers in the Super Bowl two years ago. So uh, so we, we all make mistakes here on the air, and, uh, and we will leave that there. Um, so when it comes to, uh, as we take this story and move it forward, uh, uh, Jonas Knox, Steve Fezzik is straight out of Vegas in for R.J. Bell here on FSR. When it comes to the NFC North, I think there was maybe a little glimmer of hope specifically for the Minnesota Vikings because a lot of people felt like they were next in line. Maybe the Chicago Bears, if they can figure out a quarterback situation, which, by the way, you talk about histories colliding and not in a good way. The one knock on Ohio State quarterbacks is they don't develop in the pros and the one knock on the Bears is they can't develop quarterbacks. Yet all of a sudden, we're, we're just going to go ahead and dismiss all that. And, and those two things don't matter. And we're just going to make that work in the Windy City. But that's a whole nother conversation for a whole nother day. And then you've got the Detroit Lions clearly rebuilding. Uh, and I think uh, just checking the research here, Fez. Hold on a second. Yeah, the Lions have been rebuilding since 1924. So I just wanted to make sure that we had the exact numbers on on that rebuild there in Detroit. But that being said, now you look at the NFC North, and it feels to me like Green Bay has got to be the odds-on favorite with Rodgers, the reigning MVP, returning for certain. Yeah, and they are. And what's interesting, Jonas, is if we go back to March before all this went down, the odds back then are not much different from what they are today. Specifically today, the Packers are minus 150 to win the division, have to risk 150 to win 100. The Vikings, plus 250. The Bears, 5-1. to one. The Lions, pathetic, 25-1. to one. But what's interesting is that for a period of two days, on July 24th, the Vikings became the favorite versus... Anyone else to win the division that lasted two days and now Vikings clear cut number two choice again. Okay, so in, in Major League Baseball, in the fine print, when you bet a, a game, both starting pitchers have to appear in order for the game to be considered uh, for, for the for the bet to be live, correct? It depends whether you list the pitchers or not. So if you list the pitchers, they both have to start for you to, you to have action, and they certainly have to start if you bet on the total, yes. Okay, so is there anywhere in the country where maybe somebody who bet the Vikings uh, to win the division had the qualifier of, but the bet is scratched if Rodgers decides to come back? Uh, do you think there's any forgiving sports book out there that's going to go ahead and give the money back to people betting on the Vikings going, you know what, uh, you know, we feel feel bad. Uh, we didn't see this happening. Uh, go ahead. We'll scratch the bet altogether. 
Absolutely not. But I will <laughs> say this. I don't think the Vikings are such a bad bet, certainly a bad bet either. at pl- at plus 140, but at the current plus 250, you nailed it. The Bears, they don't have a quarterback. The Lions were eliminated from playoff consideration despite, I thought they won today, 17-14. Oh, no, that's that's the other Detroit team. Never mind. I, knew, I just knew you were going to shoehorn that joke in. I knew it. <laughs> Mackenzie, I knew it. He couldn't let coming. it. He just couldn't. He had, he re, you were so proud that you had that material ready to go for the show, and I knew you were going to try and get that joke in at some point. Yeah, Kirk Cousins threw two touchdown passes <laughs> okay, for the Vikings today. Okay, and, okay. Right and, and he got to the second and third layer of the joke as well, too. Like that, <laughs> that is, That's why we love him. Uh, that is uh, Steve Fezzik. Uh, he makes uh, Andrew Dice Clay look like Dave Coulier here on Fox Sports Radio. Always uh, always good times with, uh, with Fez here. Um, all right, so it is straight out of Vegas here. Fox Sports Radio, Jonas Knox, Steve Fezzik in for RJ Bell. Uh, you can hang out with us, as always, on the iHeartRadio app. I want to let you know we are brought to you by AutoZone. Dealing with a dead battery head to AutoZone, America's number one battery destination. They offer free battery services like free battery testing and free battery charging. So next time you're having battery trouble, head to AutoZone, your battery solution, and America's number one battery destination. Be sure to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. <laughs> if we are talking about ugly situations in the NFL, Fez, um... So there's the whole Deshaun Watson thing. Uh, Deshaun Watson is uh, back at practice for the Houston Texans. He did appear there. Uh, now, he didn't uh, take – he took part in the individual drills. Um, he did not take part in any of the team drills. Apparently, he was a scout safety. Uh, not really sure, uh, you know, how much fun that is. But he was a scout safety there. The Texans are reportedly trying to get a deal done. Um, Deshaun Watson still would like to be traded. You've got the 22 or 24 lawsuits hanging over his head that I think is probably part of the discussion for interested teams wanting to make a a move for Deshaun Watson. But that being said, you can't deny the guy's talent. Uh, He's a very good quarterback. I would think, Fez, on anybody's reasonable top quarterback list in the NFL, Deshaun Watson's a top five guy, correct? Absolutely. And I have him as my number four quarterback. But what's interesting is his value to the point spread is only half that of Aaron Rodgers. Why is that? Well, it's because the backup, Tyrod Taylor, is a capable well above average backup quarterback. So Houston has that going for them versus the Packers who have Jordan Love, which could well be a debacle. And now I, I just, there, and we obviously we know there were some teams that were thrown out there and some teams that were mentioned as potential candidates. And the three that I've heard most often is Denver, Miami, and Philly. And it, it feels like Denver is would, would love to get their hands obviously on either Aaron Rodgers or even a Deshaun Watson if, you know, the, the, the lawsuits and things like that get squared away and what what has taken the NFL so long to make a decision and put them on the exemplars I have no idea it's bizarre uh, there's a lot of people that are frustrated by it because it feels like a double standard there have been other players that have done things that have been put on the exemplars yet Deshaun Watson is playing scout safety at Texans training camp it doesn't make any sense whatsoever but point being there's been a couple of teams that have been rumored to be in the market for Deshaun Watson um, Howard Eskin who's been covering Philadelphia sports for a long time uh, he has mentioned the Philadelphia Eagles as being a potential destination. Philadelphia's got the draft capital because of the moves that they made this past season. Obviously, the uh, the Carson Wentz trade uh, and what they got back for that. And his point is, it's a 90% chance that Philadelphia ends up with Deshaun Watson. But with that being said, 
you don't really like these trade odds. And and I feel like we take these conversations um, in, in certain ways. Not you, but people in sports radio and sports media. And we're going to get to the people that we're running with, uh, with bad information on the Aaron Rodgers stuff later in the show because they need to be exposed. But when you see these stories and these reports that come out of a quarterback that wants out or a player that wants to be traded, we saw it with Julio Jones. Uh, we've seen it with Aaron Rodgers. We saw it with Russell Wilson. We see it with Deshaun Watson. They've now removed a lot of those where is his next team going to be odds off the internet and wherever else you may find them because nobody's sure of the situation. But why are you not a fan of these future team trade odds that are sometimes thrown out there for people to take advantage of? Because there's 31 other teams in the NFL, Jonas, and the sports books don't list all 31. They don't let you have a field bet in terms of where he's going to go. So it becomes a situation where Miami, Denver, the Jets, one other team – those four teams can all be three to one. If I bet all four of those, if he goes to one of those four, I break even. If he doesn't, I lose every <laughs> single bet. It's just, okay. there's way too much vig in those bets. And I can't bet no, he won't go to the Jets. So, and we so, saw it. We, we saw, excuse me, sorry. We saw it with Tom Brady. I just have to mention how much was bet on he's going to New England. He's right. going to Los Angeles Chargers. Nobody had the Buccaneers. When he went there, they scooped all the money up from everybody. And, and so, and, and it's a good point because you see a lot of these lines that come out, there's not a or the field. Like you would have Tiger Woods or the field. And I think that's probably because the sports books felt really good about Tiger's chances at that point to, to win the major. So they're like, sure, you can take the field. We like what we've got here. The fact that they're not even giving you the option, Fez. It just tells me that they look at it and go, we don't trust this all the way through, but we're more than willing to take your money if you want to place a wager. Yeah, and pretty much I always talk about these bets as needle in the haystack bets, and we see that especially during the Super Bowl when they give you a long laundry list of, for instance, who's going to score the first touchdown, and they might list 20 different players, and then if there's a defensive pick six and the guy's not on the list and there's not even a field, and then the sports book can go ahead and scoop all of the money. So where do we stand on the Texans team win total? Because I think, what was it, five and a half last I saw, and I can't imagine it's been adjusted at all because they probably factored in McKenzie, right? That that he they probably baked that into the line, thinking Deshaun Watson wasn't going to be there. So Fez, are we still sitting at five and a half, or what are we looking at? No, we're looking at four. And it's Jesus. pretty much been for the entire time. Now, McKenzie, maybe you can check it and see if it's still on the board, if there's been any adjustment. But last time I checked it, even with the favorable news for Watson, that number basically is assuming that he is not going to play for Houston. Yes, and we were actually able to bet on Will Watson play one game for Houston this year. It was about 90% minus 1,200 that he will not play any games for Houston this year. As far as the Texas season win total, Open four and a half, slow trickle down. It's now at four, even 3.9. Got to pay a little extra on the under, Jeez, only under man. money on the Texans. Yeah, because I think I saw it somewhere that somebody had it at five and a half, and I thought, well, that seems a little high. So, so basically what they're telling you is the Texans overachieve at five and 12. 
Just think yep. about that. <laughs> and think about every other team in the NFL. But at least the Rockets are good. So don't worry about it, Houston. <laughs> the Lions are lined at five wins. The Texans, four. Every single other NFL team, even the dredges of the NFL, the Jets, are at six or higher. So um, it's going to be a an epic battle. God, Detroit man. against Houston for worst record. Just bring back the Oilers. What are we doing here? Uh, bring, bring back the uh, Warren Moon, Curtis. Duncan, uh, bring, you know, uh, yeah, come on, man! Like, bring back those great unis. Like, let's stop, let's stop farting around here. Let's get back to the good old days because right <laughs> now the Texans are a disaster. What a disaster! Love um, you, blue. Yeah, listen, one of the one of the great unis of all time. Uh, it is straight out of Vegas here on Fox Sports Radio. Jonas Knox, Steve Fezzik in for RJ Bell. Uh, you can listen to us here on the iHeartRadio app. All right, uh, so Fez, uh, we are going. It is straight out of Vegas here, Fox Sports Radio. Jonas Knox, Steve Fezzik in for RJ Bell. The uh, uh, the game between Detroit and Minnesota, the uh, baseball game between the Tigers and the Twins, um, and that had uh, you know some interest uh, to uh, some people in Vegas. Uh, please explain. Yeah, so we Mackenzie Rivers, our research team here, looked back in history to see what's the most runs ever scored in one inning in a baseball game. And in the fourth inning, there were 14 runs scored. We had a chance here to have something happen, Jonas, that has never happened in the history of baseball. June 18th, 1953, 17 runs were scored as the Red Sox beat the Tigers 23-3, to and there were 17 runs in the seventh inning. So we got close. We have not seen more than 14 runs in one inning since since 1996. Jesus, man. I mean, I, do we have an up? What was the over under the run total on this game going into it? 10 flat. All right. So M- money ba- poured in on the under. It was 10 and a half, Jonas. Sh- quote unquote, sharp money on the under at post. <laughs> so, so basically, heading into the bottom of the fourth, you were like, all right, uh, what are we? What else are we betting on? Uh, we got anything else going on? Is there an Olympic event? Is there rowing or anything like that we can look at? I mean, at least you knew early on you were going to lose. The you irony know, so, you know, is the top of the fourth that was two nothing. And yeah. it was trending under. <laughs> yeah, and, and it took one half inning to realize. Yeah. Like, I, I can remember, I actually bet. Remember the game that Clay Thompson scored 37 points in a quarter? I can remember I bet the under in that game. Okay. So and I think I had the under in the first half because I think it Splash. happened in the second quarter. Yeah, I th- and I think it happened in the second quarter. And I was so pissed off. And I remember my dad was sitting there um in, in the living room and he just looked at me and he goes, the hell are you so worked up about? It's just what, what are you so? I'm all dad. I had the under in this game, and this guy's got thirty plus in one quarter. He goes, "Well, you're just stupid." And that was, you know, typical conversation we'd have. <laughs> you know, you bring up a great reason why pros prefer unders to overs because it is so frustrating to bet an under and be drawing dead in the fourth inning to a rainout to get your money back. And because of that, the public prefers to bet overs. So most of the pros find a little more value. On average, they bet some overs, but on average, they're looking more to play unders than overs because they know the public is always looking at the overs. Yeah, because betting the under is like dieting. If you, if, if, when you're betting the over and you're not dieting, then you're not thinking about carbs, calories, uh, sodium. You're just like, hey, give me whatever I can eat. Like I, I couldn't care less. I'm on vacation. When you bet the under, ooh, that's not good. Oh, a foul shot there. I mean, he only made one of two, but now you start doing the math in your head and you're always stressed out. Like it's, just, it's not fun, man. Betting the under sucks, Fez. And 
I'm watching the Olympics, and every update I get on the Olympics is only favorable U.S. performance with gold yeah. medals. So seemingly every Olympic yeah. update for me uh-huh. is torture when I hear yeah. about the gold medals the U.S. Right. won the night before. Okay. All right. Here we go. Uh, all right, Vladimir. So, let, so let's hear uh, what we've got going on. Uh, Steve Fezzik uh, identified an opportunity to make some money, uh, and he did um, at you know at the expense of the United States Olympians. So, Fez, go ahead. Take it away. Tell everybody what a horrific human being you are when it comes to your support of this country. Please do. Well, RJ has a dream podcast that he puts out each and every week, and I give out a best bet on it. And last week on the Dream Pod, my my best bet was the U.S. team, Olympic team, to go under 46 and a half gold medals. Jonas, I have a fiduciary responsibility to my listeners and my clients to give them the best and most winning information possible, even if that is completely in opposition to my patriotism. And as it turned out, if you did the research, which I did, the U.S. has averaged 46 gold medals in good Olympic venues close to home, Atlanta, U.K., Rio. But when they've had what I consider to be bad venues, which were further away from home, different culture, Athens, uh, Beijing, Australia, they've only averaged around 37. Given that, under... 46 and a half was a great bet, U.S. gold. So, yes, I'm rooting against my U.S. each and every competition. Fez, you had a pretty good run when the AAF was around, right? The old uh, defunct uh, uh, Alliance of American Football. You did pretty well when the AAF was around, right? 10 0 and 1. Yeah. All right. So, <laughs> that, so I want just, uh, just to put it in perspective so people understand what's happening. Fez would rather bet against the United States, where he's from, then bet against the Salt Lake Stallions of the AAF. <laughs> All right, just think about that, Fez. You put more money behind the Orlando Apollos than you did the United States in the Olympics. At some point, do you look in the mirror and you see the person staring back at you and you think to yourself, that's the most wretched sports betting individual I've ever laid eyes on? It's good points. You know, it's funny those Orlando <laughs> Apollos had to practice in Georgia because of that workman's comp rules. Yes, that's right. I forgot about that. <laughs> and I think that was one of your handicaps, right? Going into a game. What was yes. it again? Yes. What was the rules again? There was some issue, some labor law, and they couldn't practice there. And what was the handicap? So they had to practice out of state and travel <laughs> to Georgia for their games in, late in the year. And you identified that as a weakness and you cashed in on it, didn't you? <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's the best. Be sure to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific. Hey, it's me, Rob Parker. Check out my weekly MLB podcast, Inside the Parker, for 22 minutes of piping hot baseball talk featuring the biggest names and newsmakers in the sport. Whether you believe in analytics or the eye test, we've got all the bases covered. New episodes drop every Thursday, so do yourself a favor and listen to Inside the Parker with Rob Parker on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, so uh, Steve Fezzik, uh, I do want to get to your best bets. It's a money-making opportunity. We will get to those here uh, in just a couple of minutes from now. But I did uh, want to have another discussion. Uh, for those of you just tuning in, uh, the big story out of the NFL, Aaron Rodgers speaks, and he spoke a lot. And he was very uh, upfront 
Um, it felt like he was uh, speaking from a place of honesty and from a place of candor that I don't think we've gotten from Aaron Rodgers. He's been criticized of being very passive aggressive, but he laid it all out and just said he wanted to be a part of the process, took it month by month after the season, discussions they had, uh, why he was unhappy with not having a role or a say in, in bringing in talent. Um, you know, how you know it's, Green Bay is not very much a vacation destination, which is why if, if players are going there, it's because they want to team up with him. He just laid it all out there, laid it on the table at his presser, and the feeling is he's going to go into 2021, he's going to play at, at, at to the best of his abilities, and then we'll see where we're at in 2022. My best guess would be Aaron Rodgers is somewhere else in 2022, but nonetheless, here we are, and here we are when it comes to the 2021 version of the Green Bay Packers, which brings up the conversation. It is twofold. Number one, Fez, where do we stand on the season win totals of the Green Bay Packers based on the information that we have now, which is the reigning MVP is back with Green Bay and ready to rock for this season. So Green Bay's season win number is 10 and a half currently. However, if we go back to early in the year, back in March, Green Bay, it's true, their number was 10.5, so we can say, hey, nothing has really changed, except for the VIG on that 10.5 was shaded big time to the over. So, all of this uncertainty, this ill will, if you will, over the past five months has had some consequence to Green Bay, not overly significant, but uh, betters were bullish on Green Bay over 10.5 early in the year. They are no longer bullish at that same number, 10.5. So um, here's the discussion I wanted to have with you, because I thought that this was comical. There's some people out there that cover the NFL that have no idea about sports betting. They just, they just have, don't, they don't have any clue. The, the only reason I set up an email address originally, year, when I, was, I think I was still a teenager, was because I wanted to have a gambling account, and you needed an email address to set up your gambling account. That's a true story. I remember where I was when I set it up. I was at my buddy's place, and I, and I, I, I was trying to figure out how I get in there. He's like, oh, you don't have an email address. I was like, no. He's like, yeah, you got to set one up in order to set up a gambling account. So I've been, like, I've been around it and understand just sort of a little bit of the ins and outs better than I think the average person in sports media because I've been around it for a long time, and I've actually embraced it, and I've always thought it was a fun conversation, and it was fun. As long as you're not a degenerate and as long as you play responsibly, it's fun. Even if it's two bucks, five bucks, whatever on a game, I still enjoy it. I think it's a, I think it's a lot of fun and enjoyable. But I saw some people run with a story surrounding Aaron Rodgers that I thought was complete crap. And it was the, well, you know, the sports books have taken the season win total for the Packers off the board. And this came up over the weekend. Uh, that must mean uh, that they're fearful that Aaron Rodgers is retiring. Wait, Wait, what? Like, like, how do you like? We're jumping to that conclusion. I know Rogers had mentioned that retirement was a consideration at his presser, but the idea that people in NFL media think that oh, that's an indicator that that Rogers is going to be retiring doesn't make any sense to me whatsoever. What what was the like? Where do you stand on that, Fez? When you see people in the media run with that story, and people that are unassuming fans out there taking in the content, maybe take that information in and assume that it's correct information. 
Yeah, and the complete opposite is actually true. The sports books have no idea what was going to happen with Aaron Rodgers. They didn't take those bets off the board because they knew he was going to retire. They took it off the board because they knew that news had to come out as training camps open, either bullish or bearish on Aaron Rodgers going to training camp, and that would substantially move the line. When they pulled those bets off, the season win number on Green Bay was sitting at 9. Guess what? If they got Jordan Love, that season win number drops to 6.5. If they have Rodgers, they're going to go up to 10.5, and they already got bit back in 2019. Remember, Jonas? Andrew Luck retired unexpectedly. Boom. A whole lot of people got under 10 wins for the Colts that year. Easy winner, and the sportsbooks had to pay, and they said, no more of that. We're not going to give away gifts to the sharp bettors. All right, well, speaking of gifts, Steve Fezzik here, you've got some gifts. It is preseason football gifts that you are going to hand out. It's time for some best bets from the one and only Steve Fezzik. All right, NFL Week 1 preseason. These games aren't for 15 days. So why am I giving them out now? Why can't I give them out next week? Because I am confident these totals are going to move. And you want to bet them now before they do. The odds makers have been reliant upon their models that they price preseason for the last five years. And basically, they're just dealing these week one lines too low. 2018, 2019. If you did nothing more after the Hall of Fame game and dealt over and just bet over on every game, you cashed Jonas 63% of the time. So I'm looking at all the overs, NFL preseason week one. I isolated three in particular I like. All three of these totals are lined at 34. Washington, New England, over 34. Miami, Chicago, over 34. And Denver, Minnesota, over 34. I like all three of those games to go over, and I will predict all three of them the total closes at 36 or higher. Oh, okay. So you think there's going to be that much of an adjustment? Absolutely, because what? the average scoring in 2018 and 2019 was 41.8 points, with the average total being dealt at 36. The odds makers have not caught up to the new NFL, where it's just so darn easy to score. All right. And so, do you have a uh, final best bet? You handed out just three uh, three preseason bets there. Do you have a fourth you want to uh, give to the audience here, Fez? I'm in a giving mood, Jonas. So let's do a side. Cleveland is at Jacksonville. Jacksonville plus three and a half. Blue Horseshoe loves the Jaguars. I don't understand this line. I love the Jaguars plus three and a half. Jaguars need to sell tickets. Jaguars, the game means a lot to them. The Browns are now a hated public foe. I don't think the Cleveland cares very much about this game. And I think that the Jaguars want Trevor Lawrence and company to get off to a good start. Best bet, Jaguars plus three and a half hosting Cleveland. How about that? That is how you stick the landing, Fez, when it comes to a sports betting show. Four best bet winners. 